The Will Cain Show podcast is presented by the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited double miles on every purchase every day. What's in your wallet? The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. So I've been up since 4.30 a.m. I've been thinking about this show, the show I thought I was going to do Monday. We did not do it Monday, and for a very, very important and big reason. So we're all cool with it, but... Uh, as I tease an announcement on Monday, uh, we're going to go ahead and do it now. Rosillo show today with Will Kane, ESPN Radio and ESPN News. But I'm sure maybe some of you have heard or, or seen it out on social media and different reports. But this is going to be my last week at ESPN Radio. Uh, I've been in this slot for over eight and a half years. And I'm pretty proud of that because in the beginning with Van Pelt, a lot of people didn't want me sitting next to Van Pelt. And now I am here eight and a half years later. So I, I'm happy about that. Uh, I'm going to give you the truth. I try to give you the truth in literally everything we do with this show when it's sports takes and I have some information. Hey, this is what's going on. Doesn't mean I'm right all the time, but this one I'm absolutely right because I'm the one in the room and it's my career and it's my future. And I think for the sake of me and ESPN, I just want everybody to know exactly what happened and it's fine and everybody's cool with it because it's the truth and it's okay. Like sometimes the truth can be dangerous. It isn't here. Here's the deal. Uh, I have been here, like I said, 12, eight and a half in this slot. I wasn't sure I wanted to move slots. Uh, personally, I felt like I wasn't maybe growing the way I wanted to grow, and that's okay. Uh, I can be wrong there, and some people could disagree with me. Not a big deal. Uh, the way my contract works is if I was going to move the slot, then I could talk to them about, like, okay, well, if I'm going to move again with Will and we're going to do three to six, you know, especially with everything that a lot of people at the company had to go through uh, earlier this year, I just said, you know, is there any way we can talk about an extension? ESPN said, absolutely, we'll do this. And I was offered an extension, and it was the same money that I make now. And, you know, in the grand scheme of the way the world works, it's it's a lot of money, and I get that, but my days were going to be different. Uh, I was going to be in here on NBA hits for sports, and I was going to be here like 10 hours a day. I don't have a lot of a life now. I don't really have any balance. Uh, I'd be lying if I told you I've been super happy lately. And I know people that know me really well here, I don't think they're entirely surprised by this. So it would have to be something where I felt like I was also growing creatively outside of ESPN radio, some other entity, something else with television where I'm going, hey, I'm really, really growing here. And when I'm 45, I'm going to be at this level. I don't know if that was going to happen. And maybe I'm making the wrong call. And maybe somebody in management is making the right call and saying, you know, we just, we're not sure. So that, and again, guess what? All of this is okay. It's been super amicable, believe it or not. And, the cool thing about this is that, you know, basically it's like, well, if I can get more money, then I guess maybe I'll, I'll suck up these 10 hour days. And we're like, no, you know, we're making a commitment to you. We're staying. Let's see how three to six goes. And we all just kind of looked at each other and said, it's okay. It's okay. I'm going to say no. And they're like, that's fine. You can bounce. And the cool thing that we've done, because as the ratings have come out for this fall and something, I can't tell you how proud I am of this is when I look at the four digital properties and it goes Dan Lebetard one. Mike and Mike are PTI two. The other one is three. And then it says Ryan Rosillo four. You know how much that means to me that that many people listen to the show and all the different versions that we've had with Scott, then me, then Danny, then me, then Will for some of the days and the things we've done on Fridays. Like we have put this together with the staff, with Saruti, with Michelle, the staff prior to that. Saruti's had to jump in the producer chair a couple different times. I am so freaking proud of that number with all of the moving parts that we've had on just this little slot here from one to four for that long that I've built and all of you that have listened and watched that I feel good. I feel like I've done something great and there's this other itch that I want to get to professionally and I want to move. So that's kind of where I'm at. I've only lived in New England my entire life. 
And the cool part about this, because work and myself, we've all talked this out. I'm going to do a podcast because I'm still under contract until August, September. Van Pelt's still not giving up. <laughs> Van Pelt's like, Jay, just do the podcast, move out to Manhattan Beach, and then we'll talk to you at the end of the summer. I don't know if he's in charge of that. But a lot of times when your run is over or your job is over, what that is, it's a weird thing. People get mad at each other. That is not the case right now. Um, I'm cool with it. I'm having, I'll admit, moments where I'm in the car being like, are you seriously going to do this? And every moment of fear is trumped by a moment of excitement that I have about what I'm going to do next. And it's kind of an awesome feeling, even though it's unsettling. But I've got to tell you, like, I I almost feel like I have to force myself to do something different. I'm forcing myself into change and the unknown, and I kind of like it. So for Will, he's going to be doing three to six. And I want everyone to understand that this is a dude that I've enjoyed working with a ton. It is very simple. I asked for a new deal. It was a fair deal. I get their point. I just said no. And that's where we're at now. I imagine. (laughs) That's straight talk. Listen, man, I imagine for a lot of your longtime listeners, they feel like that scene, the big Lebowski, after all that he's been through, after every narrow miss and every endangered moment he comes out and his car's on fire and they're like they finally did it man you finally killed my car will finally did it he finally <laughs> killed the rosilla show no i no. you know the, the thing i just one real like i sat next to scott for all those years and had people tell me shut up i only want to hear scott and after scott was gone everybody hated danny and after danny was gone everybody hated everybody that was there and for those of you that are going to give will a hard time because no, i'm not no. here Everybody needs to back off. Just either don't hit send or give it a month. <laughs> give it a month and get to know the guy because I'm a big fan of Will. Well, let me tell you, this wasn't about to make it about me, but I, this is what I want to say. I remember when I first joined ESPN in 2015, and at that time, I think it wasn't long after that that Scott left the show. And as it always happens, when things change at a place like ESPN, everybody goes, what's that going to be like? Could you be in the running for that? I'd like to be in the running for that. Can you throw my hat in there? And I remember a conversation with guys that you and I both like a lot. I was like, you and Ryan together. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that that would work. I don't know how that would work. And it took two years before we finally sat together. And chemistry is a really funny thing. You know, I think sometimes management takes it for granted that it can be created or captured. But all too often, it's this rarity that you just bump into. And I was super pumped about the idea of hanging out with you every day and doing Rosillo and Kane. Because I've enjoyed every moment sitting next to you over the last several months. And I can't speak for Scott. And I can't speak for Danny. And all the guys that have sat next to you, like Adnan or Vilma. But for me, sitting next to you was one of the most pleasant surprises of my career. Not just because we're kind of, I don't know, the same dude and kind of boys and, and that kind of stuff. But because I have a ton of respect for you. You do the work. You work hard. You know what you're talking about. But more than that, you respect people, I would say, most often, <laughs> that sit across from you. And you bought, brought out some of the best in me. And I don't think that's about unique to me. I'm sure Scott would say the same thing. I'm sure Danny would say the same thing. And that's a testament to how good you are at this. Because being good at this is not just about how good you are with a microphone in front of your mouth, but how you good how good you are with other people. So I gotta be honest, I'm I'm yeah, I am excited to be doing this. I don't know that I'm any more excited than it would have been if it had been you and me together. So I'm bummed that you're leaving. I'm gonna have fun. My voice is gonna stop cracking in a minute. <laughs> hey man, like look, I This is the guy that yells at Stephen A acting like a wuss right now but uh i'm you're, I'm you're 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 a hell of a pro at this man you're damn good at this and i would have loved working with you 
Well, thanks. More. First. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Thanks seriously for saying everybody that's reached out and, you know, I've gotten a lot of notes and it's weird. It is weird. I mean, I've, I've been here every day for almost a decade and then, you know, the years I was driving back and forth from Boston, but, um, I'll like two years ago, it's something I always wanted to do. I wanted to write television shows and that's kind of where this is going. And I don't know if I can do it or not. And I've been working on it ever since I went through the process two years ago of pitching a show that we brought in, we brought it to networks and, you know, it was a scripted drama. I thought it was a pretty good idea. And then the idea changed and changed and changed. And it was less about what I wanted to do and more about the guys that were pros. And I sat in a pitch room and I watched another guy kind of pitch originally what was my idea. And I didn't like the way he pitched it. And the guy that went ahead and pitched it and rewrote the whole thing blew me off. And I had four networks waiting on a pilot and he, he didn't even bother to call me for five months. And it's bothered me every day since for about two years. Cause I go, we failed, but we didn't fail because I failed. If I, if I'm going to not be able to do something, I want to not be able to do it because it was something that I did wrong. So yeah, I'll be playing pickup hoops in Manhattan beach and then jumping in the water and I'll be doing a podcast once a week and I'm going to try to pursue that. And then after that in August, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, it's a huge risk, but 15 years ago when I was bartending and said, I want to be a talk show host. Everybody made fun of me then, and I didn't care. And I think I subconsciously have been doing this the way I've kind of run my life day to day of not getting close to anybody or not having a family because I think deep down I always knew at some point I was going to try this. And I don't I don't know if it's going to work or not. And, yeah, it's a little scary a little bit here and there. But if I don't do it now, um, you know, I'm, I might not ever do it. So that's where I'm at. And it, honestly, man, like, yeah, there are days like all of us with our job – this is really more about me making a decision to try to do something different here, and I'm I'm ready. Like I am, I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped, and that's that's what I'm doing. And that's straight talk. Brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. <laughs> well done. Okay. Uh coming up next, the Cavs could be getting ready to try to reload. Now, what are you saying? Hey, Ryan, they're already really good. But I'm talking about something extra. The Cavs are going to try to get extra, perhaps, before the trade deadline with Will Kane today. Three hours. We're not going to do three hours of that show. Maybe one more time in a different market because your <laughs> your, your audience changes every every 10 minutes. But uh, we're going to do that. That's coming up next. Rosillo Show for a few more days on ESPN Radio. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. I want to start with something else. Okay? Okay. Did you watch any hoops last night? Because it was a light night, very light. Honestly, I did not watch. I'm not. This night. is not a call out. You shouldn't have been watching. Well, I'll hoops. tell you the truth. Yeah, you know I'm a little under the weather. <laughs> You're I, still I t- under the weather. Day two, huh? You gave me some nice orange juice yesterday. I got another OJ in the fridge. But I turned it in like at nine last night. Good, like I'm on the TB12 method. A good night of sleep and a bunch of OJ, maybe some stretching and some meditation, and you're on the way to health. Right, but now even Tom can't get his trainer onto the chartered plane, which is a story out of the Pats that uh, maybe we'll get to a little bit later. Actually, I want to ask Booger about that. Okay, but instead I want to talk Cavs because the Cavs started 5-7. and seven. Defensively weren't very good. Still statistically, defensively, they're not very good. But the bench has been coming around. The bench was actually great last night. They were down 20 to Milwaukee. They almost come back and win the game. And Giannis has some big plays. LeBron was great too. So whatever. So there's another thing brewing here with Cleveland that is very worth paying attention to. And this is based on conversations around the league. And it is this is that Cleveland, even if they end up 
trending towards the one seed because Boston is regressing a bit here. Cleveland is still going to, like every team, looking at this as an arms race. And if they can add a DeAndre Jordan, they're going to try. I don't know if the Clippers would be interested in taking back some of the contracts they'd have to. Maybe it doesn't make a ton of sense. But if they get some kind of asset from it, they may like it. Or they may like one of those players. But there's one other thing that's worth paying attention to here with Cleveland, and that is Paul George. And you're going to say, Ryan, Paul George is on the thunder. That doesn't make any sense. But just in conversations and theories being thrown around, would, if the Thunder were a mess and we're saying 500, below 500, they've been really good defensively, would they then say, if you're Presti going, I have no indication George is staying, I don't want to lose him for nothing, and now it shouldn't matter, but the assets I moved out have looked pretty good for the Pacers. We're not that good of a playoff threat. Could I move Paul George for some kind of piece? And what would the bidding entail? And then would Cleveland, LeBron, call up Paul George and say, get over here to Cleveland, We'll send over a pick. I don't think it'd be the Brooklyn pick. I don't think Cleveland would ever do that. And would they be able to add a Paul George, even being the number one seed in the East? And would Presty, in the all-time Westbrook Petty game, would Presty help facilitate George to the Cavs, knowing that it would ultimately, likely, mess with the Warriors in the NBA Finals? Okay, let me ask you two questions, all right? First, you, a little bit like Stephen A., when I hear you start, you know, pontificating on possibilities, I realize it's more than just, let's see what sticks against the wall. Okay? Yes, thank you. Meaning you've talked to some people. You know... Yeah, you didn't make it up, all right? (laughs) So, let me ask you this. What assets would Cleveland, you think, be willing to part with to bring back a piece? And I don't think I can say like Paul George, because Paul George is somewhat of a unique piece in the terms that he's a rental. What what assets are they willing to part with? This would really be a... George is leaving. You're going to get nothing for him. No other team is even going to give you a first-rounder because they don't think they can re-sign him. Where Cleveland would say, we'll give you some first-rounder, not the Brooklyn one, because Oklahoma City would do that in a second. And that is if the Thunder in two months look like a team that still has nothing going for them. They could be good. They could be in the play. But it's about, do you think you're actually going to compete? And if Presti having to go through it with Durant, who may be a little bit more sensitive to just then let George go, what's the the market for George may be nothing because everybody trading for him doesn't think that they're going to be able to keep him. Would Cleveland say, well, we don't care. We'll move a first rounder for the guy. So that's really the conversation that you have to have. The Brooklyn pick would do it. Well, yeah, but that as, as you point out, that's not happening. So what you're looking at is a late 20s first-round pick at some yeah, point in the some, future something like to that. get Paul George. Yeah. Second question is, tell me why Sam Presti would send Paul George to Cleveland. This is not – this is this is dudes on the – just talking. Okay. <laughs> okay, this is not – this is not from Oklahoma City. I just want to emphasize that. But if it's human nature, if you were Presti – wouldn't you like to make it a little harder on Durant to get another title if Paul George is on the other side coming out of the East? And that is, again, no disrespect to Houston, but if Golden State's playing in the NBA Finals, which I still expect to happen. Revenge. You would do it in a second. So what you're telling me is it's revenge. <laughs> you would do it. Me? Yeah. I'm not vengeful. You've got me wrong. Though. Oh, no way. I wish I was more vengeful. You're like you're like unforgiven. <laughs> <laughs> Deserves got nothing to do with it. William... William Muddy, uh, you would you would definitely do it. I, hell, I'd probably do it. Well, I think look look at it this way. I think your analysis is right that the market for Paul, for Paul George on a rental for half a season would be limited to those teams that think he put he puts them over the top. How many teams fit that bill? 
four five. Houston, Cleveland, San Antonio. You're looking at a handful of teams that would be willing to do a deal for Paul George. It doesn't take long to get to Cleveland. It doesn't. It doesn't. When I'm telling you, if Cleveland thought they already had him at one point, and the fallout from that trade not happening, the stories go all over the place on what did or didn't happen. So you know how easy it would be for LeBron to call up Paul George? And granted, now, the Thunder at this point have his contract and would be dictating where they want to trade him, but Cleveland might be willing to kick in a little bit more if they think that they could have LeBron convince George, go, don't just come here for this run. What if they win? You know, what? If, there's all these different things that you have to think about. But I love, and this is the flimsiest part of all of it, mm-hmm. just asking. Surudi, I want to ask you, do you think Presti would go, yeah, if I end up with George on the Cavs and he has to defend Durant? I'm not bummed out about it. How pumped would OKC fans be about that too? Like that's a win for him. Where, where you? You're. I agree with you, Saruti. You seem to be resisting this. He's I mean, resisting. No, no. I just don't take flimsy takes. Um, no. Let me. I think that Presti will take the best deal available to him, and that may come yeah. from Cleveland, but it also may come from Daryl Morey in Houston. It could. It could. And if you're. It, just to push you on the limb a little further out there, because mm-hmm. you started so solid, and of course we got to get out on the edges. Is it more likely in your estimation that Paul George is wearing a Cleveland Cavaliers jersey or a Houston Rockets jersey by the end of the season? Just those oh, two that, choices. That I have no idea. Honestly. Just those two choices. I I would be just guessing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but you like but you like revenge. <laughs> uh well, you know. But here's the thing: is that maybe Presty would look at Houston saying. I'm getting I'm getting revenge on Durant Either before way. he gets to the finals. Yeah, right, right. You don't even get the cool hoodie and stuff. The Ryan Rosillo Show. Rosillo. In life, there are talkers and there are doers. Sometimes it's not hard to tell the difference. Mike Bloomberg has spent his life getting big things done. Starting his business out of a one-room office, Mike built a company with 20,000 employees, all with good pay and quality health care. Elected mayor in the aftermath of 9-11, Mike got to work helping rebuild a shaken city, creating nearly 500,000 new jobs and expanding health care for nearly 700,000 New Yorkers. Now, there's a clear choice. Do you want a debater or a doer? Someone who can fix health care, who's done it. A guy who's unafraid of tough challenges, who has a track record creating jobs, who's taken on the NRA and won. That's Mike Bloomberg, a proven leader who can unite our country and get big things done. That's who can beat Trump. That's who we need in the White House. I'm Mike Bloomberg, candidate for president, and I approve this message. Paid for by Mike Bloomberg 2020. Your home is important. That's why GEICO helps make it easy to save on homeowner's insurance. Because home is more than just a place. Home is where you build a giant pillow fort in your living room. And when people ask why you have a pillow fort in your living room, you say it's for your dog. And when they ask, well, what kind? You say, mm, chocolate lab. And we have a web of lies that's almost as intricate as the crown molding in Fort Pillow. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help protect the pillow soft fortress you call home. Call GEICO and see how easy it is to switch and save on homeowner's insurance. Burger McFarland, time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Best phones, best networks, no contracts. we got Burger with us for the next 30 minutes. It's funny because I was just thinking about you the other day. It was the was the 11-6 game? Eleven, you mean St. Louis? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like 11-7 something like that. Yeah. I 12-7. Was, was the, Ricky uh, Pro just crushed my dreams. Ricky Pro, and that's that's 
the whole the catch not a catch deal. Well, it was a couple things. Rule. Yeah, Ricky Pro with the uh, Hail Mary type catch and then the Bert Emanuel catch not a catch. Uh, we're to the point right now in sports, and I think I speak for every sports fan when I say this, we would love to be able to watch the game and among ourselves figure out what a catch is. <laughs> the fact that Al Riveron and his buddies have to go underneath a, a shed and call New York and get on a conference call in front of 80,000 people to figure out what a catch is, I think takes away from the game, and it kind of takes away from the sport a little bit. 11-6. Eleven to six. That was the game. I remember where I was watching. It was the very beginning of two thousand, mm-hmm. and this Bucks defense mm-hmm. held that Rams team to eleven points. Yeah. You take more pride in your Buccaneers Super Bowl ring or your Colts Super Bowl ring? Um, not really more pride, but it's different. The Bucks Super Bowl ring was me helping um, guys like Sap Brooks, Rondé Barber, John Lynch. Because when I got to Tampa, those guys worked so hard but they didn't have anything to show for it. It was a dominant defense that should have won another two Super Bowls. People talk about the Ravens defense. I put our Bucks defense up against anybody, and we never had anything to show for it. So that was a culmination of a lot of hard work that Rich McCain, when he drafted Brooks and Sapp and put that team together, uh, that was special. But the one in Indy, man, I'll never forget. When Tony Dungy was fired in Tampa, it was pouring down raining, and the local news station showed a picture of Dungy walking to his car, one box, pouring down raining by itself. I'll never forget that image. And it's the only Super Bowl to date that's been played in the rain. And so we walk out, and I didn't think about this until the game was over. We walk out for the Super Bowl, and it's drizzling. It drizzled the whole game. And to walk off that field with that trophy and to see Tony Dungy with tears in his eyes as the rain came down, the only thing I could think about was that man walking to the car, with a box, pouring down raining. And, and to me, that was fulfilling enough. And it, it was emotional for me just because uh, in between the Bucks Super Bowl and the Coast Super Bowl, I lost my mom. And so you get so many emotions coming that night. It was just unreal. I cherish them both. I wear both rings uh, the same, uh, although the Colts white gold Super Bowl ring gets worn more if you want to be a Fashion forward, you have to wear white gold these days. Is that right? No, I think so. I mean, nobody's wearing yellow gold. Russell, look at his watch. His watch has no, like, yellow gold on it anywhere. People are wearing silver, white gold, platinum, that type of stuff these days. Hmm. I like this rose gold one, but it's just a little, I didn't play defensive line. It's a little, it's a little out of my It's funny you say that, Booger, because I went with the white gold wedding ring. Yes. But you know what? I feel like yellow gold came back. And then I'm with, I'm the guy with Where's the white it at? Gold. I haven't, you said you it came back. I must have missed that. It's traditional. It's, 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 you know. Yellow gold, you gotta be a certain age and you're not there yet. You should feel good about you it. You think 60 so? or yeah. above is yeah. yellow gold because you can go with the classic yellow gold Rolex and you can wear it with anything and people say, okay, He's distinguished. He's a businessman. Right. Uh, wisdom. I mean, those are things that what you're about, associated what with about yellow. This? Probably like likes this. Fox News. See, now Ryan Clark does this, and this is what, what about the two-tone watch? Yellow gold and stainless. Yeah, see, I think you're trying too hard when you go two-tone. Really? That's yeah. a try too hard. Mm. Yeah. Take two-tone that, watch is kind of like the double-breast suit. Like, we know you have a suit on. You don't have to wrap yourself in a blanket. Like, we already know this. I mean, let's just be honest. Who wears a double-breast suit Do you anymore? have one? I do not. Did you ever? Uh, yes. Yeah, and I will, I will never, there. ever get another one, dude. Like, yeah, let's dress up. No, that's not good enough. Wrap myself one more time in a blanket and then button it up. Are you I, kidding me? I gotta be honest. I've never got one. I've never understood it. 
I've looked at it when a guy tries to sell you on it when you're getting fitted for stuff, mm-hmm. and I've gone, I just, I'm not there. There's a place for it. I don't have Where? one. Where? I don't have one, but I, I don't think it's off the reservation. I don't think, I don't look at the double-breasted suit and go, you're way, way overbalanced here. I don't Will, look the, at that. No. Come on, Will, the double-breasted suit is so far gone. Here's a question for you. When did you go from, because there's a point in time where this happened, where you went from, you know what, I want to wear this type of clothing, and then somewhere along the line you went from, you know what, I just don't want to wear sleeves anymore. I want to wear everything European cut. Less is more for you because I I, I've noticed it. that about you. Like you, <laughs> you would come to work with like a I don't know if this is appropriate. I'm gonna just call it with like an A shirt. Yeah. You know, on the street we call them wife beaters yeah, or whatever tank top. Yeah, you would come to work with one of those if it was appropriate. Wait but till you see not. my outfit Friday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I have I I I went from dress pants, dress shoes, button downs every day for years. Okay to Mark Schlereth was sort of my inspiration. He'd get a workout in, he'd be on Mike and Mike, he'd be wearing a t-shirt. And I go, yeah, what are we doing? It's radio on TV. Right. Like, why am I dressing up for this? And the other thing, too, is that there's so many days where you're already in a suit all day. Right. Then you come in here, you want to be comfortable in the studio. So I definitely used to dress up more then, but my wardrobe is almost entirely influenced on the paycheck. Like, let's not kid ourselves. If you start making a little bit more money... And then you're going. Well, that's the case. You, you should be wearing, wearing like double-breasted suits in here. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, you are now. You know, now that you're, you know, now that you're moving on, maybe you just kind of no, no, take not, it a different way. I mean, back in the day, you'd be like, "Wait a minute, another Banana Republic coupon? <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> these chinos are so twenty percent off of these. I've never shopped in Banana Republic. You, you know what? No one should knock it because it's actually pretty good. I totally but, agree. But there I, was a now stretch. I think you're snooty. No, I mean, it's not snooty. I mean, Banana Republic doesn't make anything for the. How should I put this? The country brother. The brother that has thighs and, Nelly, a, and a butt. Grammar? No, I'm just saying the brother that has thighs and a butt. I mean, come on, man, let's keep it real. Like, n- no brothers are saying, you know what? Let me go pick up those chinos at Banana Republic. We got to talk to Kevin Love about this. Hey, I had to assume if Tristan Thompson has any Banana Republic chinos. He's different. I mean, Chloe probably has him outfitted. And oh, different. that's <laughs> yeah. That's come on, true. I mean, yeah, so, <laughs> what about different. you? You got a du- so you don't have a double-breasted suit. No, no. Okay, all right. Let's how do many? But real quick, how many? Do you have any three-button suits left? Uh, yes, yes, I do have one. <laughs> I'm trying to get it converted, but my tailor says, you know what? Convert it's, it. It's more work to convert this and do. I was like, dude, I don't want to throw this away. He's like, yeah, but you're going to cost me more work. I was like, okay, but I still have one. Still have one. Yeah. Um, probably has four too. Are you guys going with the new, cause here's a trend I cannot get on. It's the trend where you put your, you design your pants to show a little bit of sock. No. See, we used to call that flooding back in the day. Yeah, yes. right. I can't flood. Us. Like to me, that's a, I, actually you have a one or two though. Don't I got you? a few. Yeah. yeah, I've noticed it. I got a couple. How do you do that? Like that feels so awkward. Uh, it's you know what's funny too is when you're on Sports Center and then you sit down depending on which chairs it is. Yeah, and, and, you're, and, you're, back, and, and your cap is right. out. <laughs> you see my Tasmanian Devil tattoo on my calf. Uh, I mean, come on. Yeah, I got a couple like that, but that's the thing is is really most of those suits now. Now that Bill O'Reilly tweet was insane. He's like, tip of the day. Clothing companies are trying to like screw you out of fabric. You're like, no, or the style is that everybody's wearing tighter stuff. Like I used to be a 46 jacket, and now I try to order stuff in 44 and hope the sleeves don't rip off. That's the toughest thing for me is to convert to the European cut because I've always Forget been. Forget it for you, man. No, I mean, but even, even for me, it's always been about comfort. And even now, my taste is like, listen, that jacket's too big. I'm like, it's comfortable. He's like, okay. yeah, but it's too big. But this you, is the guy that wore, by the way, a short sleeve suit, right? And I was forward <laughs> thinking. ESPY's 2003 Los Angeles. i never forget. I got dressed at the, what is it, the, the Mondrian Hotel. I got dressed, and when I walked downstairs, it was a couple of people was like, yeah. They, they were like, <laughs> yeah. confusing what it, that look was. It was six <laughs> butt, maybe seven, 
but it was short sleeve. That's what threw everybody for a loop. Yeah, it's throwing me off right now. I got to go find this picture. You but, didn't know that. But have you? I don't know that you understand how perfectly like science puts you together to play defensive line. Yes. Because when I walk behind you, yeah. I see a body that doesn't even make it. It's hard to describe. It's right. like Ram Man or something where you have this back that's <laughs> like you have these athletic legs and hips yeah. that aren't just big guy legs and hips. And then you have this. Like God back said, I'm going to make this guy right here hard yeah. to move. Yeah, right. <laughs> like I'm going to set him up so he's still nimble enough to do all these things, but then his upper body is going to look like it's a 400 pound man. You're you're a weird fit. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how else to respond. No, I'm, this I'm is just... not knocking you. All right, let's talk about guys' bodies more <laughs> next. Uh, but specifically, let's talk about this story coming out of the Pats, where it looks like Brady's right hand man is being asked to not be around as much. Straight Talk Wireless, Will Kane, Booger McFarland, and Rosillo Show. Nationwide coverage on America's largest, most dependable 4G LTE networks. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Rossillo. Rob Manford was on with Levitard not that long ago. We were all in our studio watching that. Good interview. Uh, good stuff. Obviously, I'm a huge Dan fan, but I also really like Rob Manford. Uh, I think he's a huge improvement over C-League, so that was interesting. We'll play some of the audio from that. we got Will Kane today, Booger McFarlane. Brought to you by Goodyear. Tires as hardworking as college football's most blimp-worthy athletes. Goodyear, official sponsor of the college football playoff. Weird story out of New England that's actually apparently been brewing for a while. I've been paying attention to what's going on. And that is Brady, who's now kind of in the sunset of his career here, which maybe I should never say uh, because you never know with him. But he's got his training methods. He's got you know his whole deal. And... The Boston Globe had this piece on Alex Guerrero, who had his own office. His setup was right there at the football facilities. He was traveling on chartered planes. He was on the sideline, this whole deal, that Belichick has now restricted his access. So I think I'd start first, Booger, like how weird would it be for almost a, pr- a player on the team? I mean, look, again, it's Brady, and part of the story says that Belichick would tell confidence, like, hey, what am I supposed to do? It's Tom. Kind of have his right-hand man with him at all times that's not really through the team of the league. It's very weird, and I guarantee you what's going on behind the scenes is some players are like, yeah, I understand he's Tom Brady, but let's just say, for example, I'm Rob Gronkowski. I'm Julian Edelman. How come I can't have my guy? So there's some resentment somewhere in that locker room, and I guarantee you that had gone up the chain of command, and people knew about that. Even though he's Tom Brady, maybe the greatest quarterback of all time, he still gets resented from others in that locker room. And I and, and I got to think that Bill had heard enough from enough people. He's like, listen, I don't need to deal with this. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. You know, Tom, okay, let's figure out another way to do this. We're going to restrict it. We're going to make the statement that you're no bigger than anyone else. And now I don't have to deal with some of the other things from everyone else. Um, I got to disagree with you a little bit, but it's... Which part? Well, I don't think the problem was that there was resentment growing that why does Tom get his guy, why don't I get my guy? I think the problem was the growing sense that he was everybody's guy. Everybody started turning to Guerrero was Mm -hmm. the reports that he wasn't just working with Tom at some point. He was, in fact, working with Gronkowski. Mm -hmm. And we should point out, this is like one of the most healthy years Gronkowski has had in quite some time. He was working with Edelman. He was working with numerous players. Now, you're right, though. There was stuff filtering up to Belichick. You can almost guarantee on Mm -hmm. that. But here's what I think was happening. That training staff, that medical staff that you're so used to working with, Booger, was looking at Belichick going, why are all our guys going to that guy? And that guy, Alex Guerrero, has some shady stuff in his background. So they had plenty of ammo to fire. The point is, in the end, we're supposed to be working for you, Bill. Why are they all going to him, right? And he says stuff that we don't agree with. And sooner or later, I think Bill does have to put the hammer down and go, you know what, it's my organization, not Guerrero's. I'll tell you this, Ryan. I'm just in – people might find this, like, 
incompatible with the way I talk about most things. I'm into the open mind of what Grow was talking about. Like, hmm, you stretch a little more, you eat right, you sleep, you know, a little more. Maybe I should start. Here's meditating the problem too. with that, though. Guerrero doesn't work for the Patriots, and, right? And, and that's the bigger issue. Oh, I'm with you. The problem, and yeah. and if something ever shakes out, where maybe he slipped him a supplement, he gave him something else, totally. and, and, and the lead comes back. So now, do are the Patriots responsible? Because as a player, I can say, "Well, the team gave it to me." Totally. No, 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 team didn't right. give it to you. This other guy gave it to you. So that's I understand where the Patriots are when you when you look at the totality of the situation. Booger McFarland hanging out. Uh, I want to do this and transition to it. I think the Bucks are the most disappointing story in the NFL this year. Agreed. What the hell, dude? Um, I'll give you my synopsis of the situation, and it may not be everybody's. I think Dirk Cutter is in over his head. He's a tremendous offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's a tremendous manager of people. Part of being a great head coach is you have to manage people. John Gruden was a great, great play caller who came to Tampa. We had a ready-made defense. He called plays. We won a Super Bowl. But he, too, was not a great manager of people. That's why he got fired at the end. I think Dirk Cutter has the potential to be a very good head coach. His ability to manage and motivate men hasn't been well. Subsequently, what's happened is his attention to detail with Jameis Winston has slacked. And Jameis Winston is not having as good of a year as we thought he would have. Now you couple that with a losing season. Jameis going into the fourth year next year of his contract. He's going to want to get paid. Now what do you do? Very disappointing. But here's the quandary the Bucks are in. You can't fire him, in my opinion, because if so, you'd be paying three head coaches at one time. And the one thing I know about the Glazers, they don't like to spend that cash, buddy. So the Bucks are really almost stuck with Dirk Cutter for another year. And they got to hope that Dirk understands how to manage people better. Huh. Wow, I hadn't really. I don't think anybody. I think most people are just going to ah, cut her. He's out of there. Yeah, but how many? How many guys have they? I mean, you can't just keep dumping well, it's guys. Greg, every, and then it's yeah. Lovey, and then it's. Well, here, I think right? I think they're done with Greg. So I think you'd have to pay Lovey. You'd have to pay Cutter. And you'd have oh, to pay, pay a new the guy. new guy. Okay, yeah, right, new right. guy. That's three mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, man. Okay, but the Winston thing. Do you think in two years we're going glad he figured this thing out, or do we go remember when everybody thought he was the answer for ten years? Wow, uh, that I don't know because they have an offense that's a big play offense based on Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. Well, here's the problem. He's not that good of a deep ball thrower. He throws the shorter routes, 15 and under, very well. That's a West Coast offense. It's not a West Coast offense they're running. They're trying to get chunk plays down the field. Like Deshaun Jackson should have about eight more touchdowns. Jameis Winston missed him several times, at least won a game the first eight games. I don't know. Winston has got to get better. He had that issue in, in college with his eyesight. He was always squinting. I heard he got that fix, Lasix, whatever he did. He's got to get better. Like, I, mean, I mean, you remember that. No, thing. I do, college, I do. He's right. always yeah. squinting. Like, I mean, what is he looking at? I mean, get some glasses or something. Hopefully he gets better because they have to stick with him, in my opinion. You're the best. Thanks for everything, Booger. Thanks, Booger. All right, coming up next, Levitur called the commissioner a liar. The Ryan Rossillo Show. Electricity charge inside Energy like a lightning strike Take one spark and I will ignite Never stopping, I won't stand by Now that Human Resources Director Ryan Lee has Kronos for HR, payroll, talent and time He's really on top of his game He even has his own hype song I'm the best beyond belief I got strength and got the speed Entire workforce Complete with different hours, skill sets, and pay grades. No, nobody catching up. They're not fast or strong enough. I got that electricity charging Take one spot in. I'm attracting and engaging the best people every step of the way. Never stopping, I won't stand by. 
Kronos, HR solutions for the modern workforce and the people who support them. Learn more at Kronos.com slash HR Swagger. Never stopping, I won't stand by. Life advice. Maybe I'll just listen to you guys, uh, but it might be too late for me. Um, Triple eight, say ESPN eight eight seven two nine three seven seven six. We'll do life advice with Will Kane, who's the most thorough life advice giver. We usually only get to like two or three calls with you, but I kind of just want you to run it today because it's. I find you your your fascination with each caller is what's really amazing. Your dedication to it. Okay, before okay, I spend okay, too much okay. time with that again, life advice. Triple eight, say ESPN fifteen minutes. Adrian Wojnarowski in studio, hanging out. You wanted to say something though. I did. You know, first, congrats on what's next. I'm sorry you're leaving. And I will just say this. I didn't know you. Uh, we, we had a lot of common friends before I started ESPN. Uh, I just respected your work, didn't know you, but uh, you were one of the people, like a lot of people, but one of the people who welcomed me in here, uh, put me on your show right away. Um, and you're the best of the best. This was when, when I got here, being on your show, coming in, um, there were a few shows that meant more than they're all great, but there are a few that were special. You're an NBA guy. You know the league. You know everybody in the league. And so I'm going to miss you. Well, thanks, man. And it was really cool because um, I we had almost no relationship other than seeing each other things. We just say hi, if that. Yeah. And then when you get the gig here, I had a lot of people in front offices of teams reach out to me and be like, you're going to love the guy. I was like, I don't know. Am I? And then I don't. So it is funny how that worked out. And then everybody that I love in front offices around the league, I said, you're right. You're right. Can, can I say one more thing? All the stuff that Kane said to you earlier, yeah. that's not what he was saying in the, the other day. <laughs> but, like, that's all right. <laughs> Finally got him. Uh, the Anthony Davis piece is interesting that you did for .com because it feels like with, and, and Will's smart to point this out, there'll be times that Stephen A says something about the NBA and you go, wait a minute, are you just theorizing here? Or are you, so what, it felt like you're planting a seed for maybe Keeping an open mind about how the Anthony Davis story can go. So, so what should we expect? What are all the different versions of how this could go for him and the Pelicans? You know, I, I think what my takeaway was from the time I spent with him in New Orleans was he's starting to get his voice as a franchise player, um, and that takes time. Uh, he and we talked about this. He said, "I haven't been anywhere else. I don't know how they do it anywhere else," um, but. Listen, we all can look at New Orleans and say it has not been run, certainly not perfectly, not great. They're, they're um, you know, they have, uh, they haven't drafted really well. They haven't made lots of great decisions in free agency. You could make the case the Cousins trade, you know, those two have figured out how to play together and uh, they've been dominant together on the court, especially this year. And what Anthony said to me last year, and he used the word confusion, there was confusion with us. We, we just got thrown together. But over time, we figured out how to play with each other. But I think what that was the beginning of with Anthony was, I'm going to publicly now have a voice about where this is going, like lots of franchise players do. And I think it was the beginning of him, I think, putting maybe putting on notice is too strong, but maybe putting on notice the Pelicans that this thing's got to be run well. It's got to maybe be run better. We've got to improve the talent base because – I've been out of the playoffs for two years. I don't want to waste the prime of my career in a place where I'm not competing, um, not just getting into the playoffs, but but advancing in the playoffs. What has been the role of DeMarcus Cousins in Anthony Davis finding that voice? How much influence has he had on well, Davis? He talked about both Cousins and Rondo in that Rondo talked more from experience of being in Boston and watching how Garnett 
and Paul Pierce handled their roles as franchise guys in Boston. DeMarcus was a franchise guy in Sacramento in that he was their best player. He was a max player. They didn't do any winning. It was not a model organization during his time there. Uh, but he did talk to me about those guys giving him some of encouragement or courage is the right word, but giving him some thought about, you know, you can have a voice in the example I use in the piece was practice time. If we have a late game and instead of practicing at nine, maybe we practice a little later in the morning to have some opinions about that and players, and they talk, all of them talk about going in and suggesting deals. Now, you know, typically players can go in and very often organizations, front offices will run names by their star player. How would you feel about this guy? And a lot of places will feel like their player. These are elite players who have a maybe a different perspective on a certain player. Um, New Orleans, it's they don't have a lot of assets to make deals with. So, yes, those guys arriving, I think, have helped him, or maybe pushed him a little bit to uh, have that voice. But also, it's maturity and getting older. He's twenty four. He's almost twenty five. Adrian Wojnarowski in studio. Will Kane, Russell Show, ESPN Radio. So. The last piece on this Davis thing, because there's another question, something else I want to ask you about here. But if Davis, they have a bad year, maybe miss the playoffs, get bounced out early, whatever. If he were to say, okay, I need something different. I need out of here. Who's lined up? Who who can even make a deal? Because it feels like teams are going, he'll be the next disgruntled guy that I want to make sure I have assets for. Well, before I answer that, I would say that, and he emphasized this, and he has all along, and he did it again Saturday, when we last Saturday when we visited, he likes New Orleans. He he is not. He grew up in Chicago. He grew up in a city. He doesn't feel like he's not longing for a big market. Did he say to me, "Yeah, I'm curious. I understand facilities might be different, and you're probably on TV more. I get it, but I want to do it here." And they've done it in Oklahoma City. They've done it in San Antonio. You know, there's a blueprint for doing it here. I'm not using the excuse we're in a small market, uh, and so he's not there. And his he's under contract to 2021. Even if presumably he said he wanted to go, he'd be under contract to be tough to do. I don't know that Anthony wants to be, I don't know that Anthony wants to put himself in that position. I think right now his focus is, I want to win here. Now, Boston, to answer your question, Boston is the team. They have, and, and he, uh, he mentioned last year when he read and heard about the Celtics inquiring, he went and asked his GM about it. And the GM said, yeah, they've called. We're not, we're not trading yet. That's not a conversation we're going to have. But there's no question, Boston is a team with multiple assets. You plug him in the middle of that team, and holy cow. But they're not there. Uh, Cousins' free agency will be important. They you know, they need to re-sign him. You couldn't, I mean, the idea of losing him for nothing would be devastating for what they gave up for him. But there's a lot of indications there that, barring the team just really collapsing, that DeMarcus, he's been pretty happy with it. He's from Alabama. He's comfortable in the South. That, that um, they, they have, a, I think they feel, and he's been a better real this chance. year. Yeah, yeah, he's been better. And there's a real chance he'll resign. Okay, so we got that out of the way. I want to throw one theory at you here before we go away. So, say the Thunder right before the deadline, they're a middling team, which mm-hmm. is a possibility. The defense has been great, the offense has not been. Paul George is terrific, but they're not getting any indication that they think he's going to stick around. Would Presti be looking to move him, and would Presti move him maybe to a Houston or a Cleveland? Not. Because he's petty, but because eh, if it kind of extra messes with Durant a little bit and I'm getting the same asset from them as I would someone else. What do you think of that theory? 
Uh, last question. I do not believe he would base a decision off of messing with Kevin Durant. I think he'd ba- if they did it, he would base a decision on what is the best possible return we can get for him because too much depends on it. Uh, but we'll, we'll see when they're there. Like when, like Cleveland, you mentioned Cleveland. If you wanted to get a lottery pick for Durant or uh, Paul George, let's say that's what you wanted. Cleveland's the unique contender who you know will be, who has, they have that Brooklyn pick. Would Cleveland then say getting Paul George and then maybe knowing ahead of time that he would commit if LeBron committed, is there a way that's a pathway to get LeBron to stay? Because now Paul's not available to go to L.A. That's something, of course, Cleveland would look at. They came pretty close to it last year getting Paul George. I remember standing in this building on the night before I was able to start working, and there was a, we were like two hours away from, you know, I think uh, Cleveland was going to get on the phone with Paul George, and then the deal fell apart. So um, they've been down that road before. That would be a completely different, because now you're talking about an asset that other teams wouldn't want to give up because they didn't think that they could re-sign him versus a team, right. like you said, where George goes, all right, LeBron's here. Yeah. Now LeBron's sticking around. Yeah, so. but, but I would just emphasize, if Sam Presti is faced with that and he decides to move Paul George, he's going to move him for the best possible deal. I, I just, I know maybe if all things were equal, <laughs> maybe that would tip it over the top. <laughs> That's but, but, usually, to but usually nothing's ever equal and, no. and he'll, he'll do the best deal if, if he does a deal. Thanks for everything you said, man. Thanks. I'll Thanks be keeping in you. touch. All right. All Thank right. you, man. It's Woj. The Ryan Rosillo Show. He is not on Twitter, but he is a big part of the show today. Will Kane, Rosillo Show, ESPN Radio. Doom is not on Twitter. Will Kane is definitely on Twitter. Monitoring. I was like, what are you talking about? No, it's uh, the MF Doom. I've always, I think that's the funniest tweet ever. It hit from his own account. He's, he tweeted out, Doom is not on Twitter. So I retweet it every now and then. It <laughs> makes me laugh. Okay. Not a big MF Doom guy? Never heard of him. All right, it's we're going to do it's his, it's his only tweet, right? He has one tweet, and that's it. Yeah, I think so. And I retweet okay. it once every six months, and it makes me laugh every time. So I'm a simple man sometimes. The Rosillo Show at ESPN Radio. Life advice is brought to you by Upside.com. Giving all business travelers the gift of a better travel experience this holiday season. Upside.com. I just thought I just walk in and go, what's the oh, plan? No, no, bro? go ahead. Why are you sleeping right, until one? Stop it. We need no, no, no. Now you're going to regret this. I just thought of something that I yesterday I read. I want to talk to you about. I've got 15 minutes or tw- 30 minutes of show left to do with you, but we'll come back to it. Do life advice. We'll do this. Tease it end? ahead. Okay. Yeah. All right. Will you tease it? The long and short of it is here's the tease. Okay. I did not know this, but you have reached Madonna status. Perfect. Okay. Let's uh, go back to produ- life advice. I would just walk in and go, what's the plan, bro? Why are you sleeping until 1? We need to start stripping it back down to the base. It's your life and our advice. Let me fix your life, not just your back porch. Oh, look at this. Pee-wee Louisiana's found time in his busy billionaire crawfish schedule right. to call in. Why would he need advice from us? He's done so well. Pee-wee Robichaux. What's going on, man? Pee-wee. It's Pee-wee, man. It's Pee-wee. Hey, I got a problem. I'm in love with my best friend and business partner, sister. Right? And I I think I'm in love with her, but every time I look at her face, she looks too much like her brother, Fluffy, and I get it ruins the mood. What do I do? Fluffy? (laughs) Pee-wee, your business partner's name is Fluffy? Yeah. Pee-wee, you're worth, you said, what, $3.2 billion? What's that? You said you were worth $3.2 billion earlier this week when you called in. We were soliciting calls from billionaires. 
Yeah, might maybe a little more, a little less. You know, who yeah, knows? Give or take. You know, there's 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 comma commas are confusing. <laughs> that sounds like a lot to risk for your partner's sister who looks like a dude. Well, she doesn't look like a when I look in her eyes, I just you know, we've been best friends our whole life. And every time I look in her eyes I just I see fluffy and it it's it really ruins the mood. I think there's some deep psychological stuff going on there, Pee Wee. I think you and Fluffy need to talk this out. Don't risk it. You're you're sitting. You're the kingpin of a three point two billion dollar crawfish empire. Don't risk it. Would be my advice. Let's go to Wes in Iowa. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Ryan, I want your recommendation for a new show to listen to because obviously my favorite guy is going away, and then. I'm spending all weekend long with my girlfriend's family, but I obviously want to watch Hoops Christmas Day, and I have a five-hour drive. So what's an appropriate time to, to ditch the, the family and drive back home and watch Hoops? Hmm. Listen to Will Kane 3 to 6 every day. Right here <laughs> yeah, I had to say that. Well, come on. Yeah. What do you think? You probably had to deal with this back in the day. I always had a, Christmas Day traveling. I always had a great excuse because I worked. On Christmas Day? Well, like, there was five games on, and a lot of times I'd be back here the 26th. So, Oh, man, I that's could, a hard thing to explain, by the way. I know the situation he's talking about where, like, hey, look, I know it's Sunday, and I'm watching football, but I have to watch football. We can't schedule things during this time period. This is work. Saturday, same thing, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Wes has that. Wes could say he's launching a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm launching an NBA-based podcast, and... That's my I don't know there's any work around, Wes. Five hours. How you? How do you work around a five-hour drive? You don't. Yeah, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to make a decision which game means the most, and I would get in the car and listen to ESPN radio. And But that's like, I, you know, it's Christmas, man. DVR it. More often than not, I tell you to watch it live as a company guy. But, you know, it's Christmas. Be happy you're around a family and somebody likes you. Ben and Philly. Hey, Ryan. Uh, long hey, time. And just want to say, I'm devastated with the news that you're leaving, man. Uh, but I wish you nothing but the best. You're an inspiration. Had a lot of good years listening to you. Anyway, I'm in the Mummers Parade every year. And usually I have a great time. Usually hook up with a couple girls randomly. This year I've been kind of Congrats. seeing a girl once a week for a few months now. She's going to be at the Mummers. How do I avoid problems? What what parade is that? The Mummers? What is the Mummers parade? I guess that, yeah, that's going to be a local thing, right? Philly? Yeah, it's a big Philly parade, January 1st. It's a huge thing. I want to go. I know, I'm Googling it right now. That thing must go hard in Philadelphia. Uh, well, you got a decision to make, man. Mummers, Mummers tradition or this new girl? Right, old ways or new ways. I think, I think Ben already made a decision. I think he knows as well. I mean, we <laughs> yeah. all know what you're going to do, Ben. That was some thick Philly accent. It threw me off. Yeah. That was good. Wow. Let's go to James in Orange County. Hey, guys. How you doing? Great. Will, just quick question. So I've been married for about four months now. Um, I pretty much have given my wife everything she's ever wanted in the last four months, even though it's an apartment, but a brand-new car, got her the bigger ring, got her Louis Vuitton gifts for Hawaii uh a honeymoon. Now she wants to move, break our lease to a brand new place because she always goes looking at new things every different week. Do I do it? No. No, man. 
You don't do the keeping up with the Joneses because that'll never end. It's always going to be the next thing. Always got to be the next couple you got to keep up with. Break that cycle now. I have nothing to add to that. I love that advice. Let's go to Jason in Texas. Hey, yeah, so my boss, every day, she's got a hot plate. She cooks hard-boiled eggs and eats tuna in the break room. It just stinks, not to mention her breath is terrible. Um, I've got to work in pretty close quarters with her. Can I call her out on this? Where do you work? The shipping yard? No, I work at a bank. I'm not going to tell you which one, but I work Wait, at a bank. She, like a bank and she's got a hot plate going? <laughs> we have a pretty nice break room. Is it nice with a hot plate? <laughs> <laughs> she brought it from home. <laughs> uh, she's your boss. Uh, well, I mean, that you know, like people love tuna, good protein, but will you eat a tuna sub before you go on first take? You've seen me do this, man. I'll go take the Listerine. I'll show up in there less, like I just came from the dentist. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. If I have something a little funky, I got Listerine in my office. Yep. How uh, much higher is she than you? I can't remember your she name. One position above me. One position. Oh, so you'll be my branch manager. By. Yeah. Well, do you want to do this long term? Um, yes, I do, but maybe not necessarily at this branch. Can I request a transfer? Yeah, I would request. I when they ask, yeah. tell them. Tuna and hard boiled eggs. Reason? Yeah, it's crazy. so specific. I think you'll probably get the transfer. Like a hot plate. I they think- may. They maybe could bring a building inspector in there. And make maybe sure you write it on street a, legal. What if you write it on a piece of paper and post it in the lunchroom, just anonymously? You do that. not do this. You saw that in the office. I love that idea. That's we need, exactly what I'm going to do. Perfect, Will you tweet us a perfect. picture of it? Yeah, yeah, do it. <laughs> At Will Kane Show. <laughs> Oscar in California, last one. What's up, man? Hi, Ryan. Huge fan. Uh, I'm studying sports broadcasting at Marist. Uh, what what advice do you have for me? getting into the business. This is so good. I want to sit back and listen to. Thank you, Oscar. Um, well, Oscar, do you like money? Because you're not going to see much of it until later. Right. Hey, All right. If you need an intern for any upcoming jobs, Ryan, hit me up. Co-host. I'm going to need a job. So I, I don't, I'm going to, I want to be somebody else's assistant. Uh, I, you know, this is, this is it. If you have to do this, if you have to do this, and when I started, I had to do this. This is what I had to do. Then it'd be fine. You'll find something. I don't know if it'll be this. I wasn't sure that I was ever going to get to this point, but there's also something awesome about, like, sometimes I look at the local dudes. I look at, like, Waddle and Sylvie in Chicago. Waddle played for the Bears. Sylvie, who's just obsessed with Chicago sports, and those guys are the guys in Chicago. And I look at that and go, that must be awesome. That mm-hmm. must be kind of awesome. So you don't have to be at ESPN. Uh, I love the fact that I ended up working in a place that I worshipped as a kid when I grew up. I mean, I can't believe when my gun in Sports Center, I was kind of like, man, I actually am on Sports Center. But what I'm saying is, you have to find out what's going to make you. What can you do that will make you happy in sports? Like, answer those questions first, because money isn't going to happen until later. You're going to have to find a wife if she's cool and supportive with that, and she understands it. Maybe parents that are supportive. Uh, and I was lucky to have a dad that that helped me live out my dream. So. Uh, if it wasn't for that, none of this stuff would have happened because I needed I needed a little help there in the first year or two. And then stick it out. Yeah, and then just ride it out. I mean, you know. Highs, lows, yeses and nos yeah. the whole way. The whole, it's going to be, it's not easy. And that's why when somebody comes up to you and goes, oh, you're so lucky. And you go, well, some of it's luck, but some of it's probably just being stupid and relentless too. 
for listening to the Ryan Rossillo Show podcast. You can check out the show live weekdays at 1 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on ESPN News. The Ryan Rossillo Show podcast.